0: Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed. Now, before we get started on today's video or episode or whatever medium you're watching this on, please click on the subscribe button and the like button, and you will be notified every time we drop new content. So the title of this episode is how to have a business and not a job. Now, a bit of self uh, selfless promotion here. I'm running an online course on this exact topic on Thursday, the 1st of December, so I thought I'd mix the uh, the sales part of it with also the content part of it and tell you exactly what I'm going to be talking about, but also give some of the theories and the strategies that has allowed me to start, grow and scale an 11-branch agency, and I do not get involved in the day-to-day running of the business. So the, the training, it's online training, and it is on the 1st of December, which is a Thursday in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be covering three main topics. So the first topic is all about budgets and finance and how that if you don't have a good handle on the budgets or the finance, then I can guarantee you are leaving money on the table. The second topic is all about creating that winning team culture. Now, as we all know, staff are, or can be quite a, um, a liability or they can be a major asset. And for any of you guys that employ staff and if you have got a toxic staff member in there or you've had one in the past, you can understand and appreciate how difficult it can be to run a business with that staff member, in it? So we'll be talking about how to create a good team culture, how to performance manage bad staff out of your business, but also when you recruit later on in the future, that when people are brought into your business, they quickly buy into that team culture. So hopefully you don't have the issues that you've had in the past. And then the last topic I'm going to be talking about is how to make yourself redundant. And that's split up into two sessions because it's such a huge, huge topic. And the first one is all about the mindset. Because a lot of people understand and appreciate they want to get make themselves redundant. They kind of have an idea how to do it, but then they choose not to. They don't prioritize it. And it could be could be because they're scared to do it. They feel as well because they are the center of the business. They started the business. They don't want to let go. Um, but also, I think it's important to understand that you've got to let go and, and trust your team. Because without your team, you're just going to be self-employed. You're just going to have a job. And then the last session is actually the, 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 not the theory, it's the intricacies. It's like how to write the procedures, how to it, training development, all that sort of stuff. So the reason I've um, come up with this course or the reason I've decided to write this course is because I think we all know we're going to go into a little bit of a difficult time over the next 12, 18, potentially 24 months. And the biggest difference in my business was when I took a step back or I had the ability to step back, look at the business, and then decide what aspects of it needed tweaking, what aspects need improving, but also what income streams we could improve on. So we went on a bit of an acquisition spree. We introduced three or four another income streams. We grew our property investment department, and all that has set us up. When we had a very good twenty twenty two, and hopefully in twenty twenty three, we're still going to have a good year. But that was all because I stepped out of the business. Now, when I was sort of heavily involved in the business, we had five, possibly six branches. And then a couple of years before COVID, when my managing director, well, she was area manager, she stepped up to MD and I went up to CEO. We literally tripled, uh, sorry, doubled. I wish we did triple. We doubled the size of the business from five branches to 11 branches in 18, 20 months with a few acquisitions and a cold start, et cetera. And that was all because I had that helicopter view of the business and I could really, really look down on it. So that was when I went from having a part job, part time, because I've never had a a full-time job in the business for about six, seven years, but I was still working in the business. I was still doing some of the operation stuff, meeting, setting the KPIs, all that sort of stuff. When I stepped back and I could look from a helicopter view and look at the business and the opportunities, that's when the momentum really started to pick up and we started to do extremely well as a business. And that's what I want to bring to you guys on Thursday, the 1st of December. So three topics Budgets and finance. Now, I'm just going to take a notes here, but I can say if you don't have a budget, I can guarantee you're leaving money on the table. Now, why is that? So the purpose of a budget is to stop the spending and set the targets and set the goals for, for the revenue in your business. Now, if you don't have targets and you don't have goals, you're never going to hit where you want to be. Everybody needs targets. It's what motivates us. This isn't me talking. This is, um, you know, behavioral scientists and, and experts and, you know, neurologists. What really gets the brain fired up and what gets you motivated is giving those targets to people. Now, it doesn't have to be promotion. It doesn't have to be opening up a new branch. It doesn't have to be winning 20 valuations a month. It can just be the little things, getting your arrears down, hitting a small target. But when we come into work on a day-to-day basis and we have the mundaneness, the boring of just meandering along, it doesn't really get us fired up and it doesn't get us motivated. We all know, and I've talked about in previous podcasts, that if you want to motivate people, you need to set them targets and goals, and they've got to come up and create a better version of themselves. So if we've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he talks about self-actualization, being the best version of yourself. There's other guys involved, other behavioral experts, Alderfer, Hertzberg, McClellan, and they talk about ambition, achievement, attainment, attaining your goals, achieving something that's been set out short, medium, or long term. So by setting a budget, which sets out your income goals, your revenue goals, and spreading that and cascading that down and communicating that with your team, that's going to motivate them. What also a budget does is it sort of pulls back the purse strings a little bit and says, we will not spend more than X amount per calendar month on marketing. We won't spend it on advertising. We won't spend it on other things. So it's very good that you can set the targets that you want your team to achieve, which is the revenue, and you can pull back on your spending. And then we should be looking at that on a, on a monthly basis to make sure we're up against it. Now, that doesn't mean that once the budget is set, that's it for the rest of the year. It's good practice to re- regularly review your budget, and that could be quarterly. So you would sit down, well, you would do it every month as a as a, as a rule, looking at your p ls but on a quarterly basis, you might want to readjust it. For some reason, you might be absolutely smashing out the park with sales. It might be the fact that you need to spend a little bit more on advertising and marketing to get more business in that's fine but at least you've got a reason to sit down and re- review and have a, another look at the budget but if you don't have one then how are you going to know um control the spending how are you going to know what the targets are so it's super important to have a budget now the reason most people don't have a budget is pretty much because they don't feel comfortable with the numbers They don't feel as though they understand it. They don't know how a are set out. They don't understand that once they've done it, how to review it and and how to talk to the team and the staff, and they just feel uncomfortable. I can be completely honest. I'm going to let you in on a secret. I did when I first started looking at budgets. But with time and doing it every year and reviewing it and looking at it for the various businesses that I've got or I'm involved in, I got very comfortable with it. And now it just comes second nature. In the agency, I don't even set the budgets. My FD and my MD do it. And the consulting and the other businesses, that's when I'm heavily, more heavily involved in it. But I really enjoy getting into the nitty gritty of it, setting the targets, explaining that, communicating that with the team, and then seeing how that evolves over the next 12 months and regularly reviewing it on a monthly and quarterly basis. We're also gonna be talking about profit and loss. And how by not having monthly management accounts, it, you can't have an oversight of the business. You need these monthly management accounts and it's very easy. You don't do it yourself. That's the first thing. You get a professional in, some bookkeeper or speak your accountant. But by having those, you can make financial decisions based on the p So if you need to buy something new for the office, you can have a look at the PL and and you can say, we can't afford it this month. Let's go next month because it'll have some sort of um, – it'll have the information you need to be able to make that decision. And by the way, guys, looking in your bank account to see if you've got money in is not a good, accurate way of running a business. So we'll be covering a lot on the budgets, a lot on the P&Ls, and I'm even going to bring in my accountant, the guy who does all of my stuff and my personal stuff as well, and we're going to have a good chat um, about the budgets and P&Ls. And he's, you're going to hear firsthand from the guy that effectively give me a lot of understanding of the budgets and P&Ls, his thoughts on how important they are. So that's the first topic. The second one is create a winning team culture. Now, I've been very privileged to play various sports at various levels, high levels, some at, um, you know, local, national, but also, you know, international level. And I went to a stage training and fighting and, and all over the place. And I've been part of really, really good team cultures. I've also been part of not so good team cultures. And there are a few key uh, things that happen in every good culture, in every good team culture when we try and have it a, a but also there are a few key commonalities in when we've got a negative toxic culture. So we'll be talking about that, such as the vision. If everybody's bought into the same vision, that is a really, really good starter of how to create a good winning team culture. Another one is fairness, treating everybody fairly, understanding your specific role, communication from the, from the leadership down, Good communication in any team, sport, professional, social, is really, really important. Because if people feel they're being left out or they're not being communicated to, then descent can set in. People can feel as though they're not part of the team. And if they're not part of the team, that's when little side groups and little clicks form, And that's what you don't want. We can't, we can't stop clicks. So if you ever played sport, you'll understand that certain people just gravitate towards certain people. If you've played rugby, you'll understand that, you know, the forwards are the forwards, the backs are the backs. And they kind of mix, but they kind of also stay, stay together. And even within the forwards, you've got the front rows and the back rows. And they they seem not to mix, or at least in my experience. So we'll be talking about the main things on how to create a winning team culture. It's, it's also really important to note that things can change when new people enter that team. So we have to make that culture so strong that when somebody else comes in and buys in to the team culture, then the, an individual is not as strong as the team is in its entirety. And then the last topic is all about how to make yourself redundant. As I said in the introduction, we're going to break that down into two topics. Now, the first one is all about your mindset. And it's really important because I can give you the, the, the strategies and tactics, which is dead, dead simple of uh, you know pushing the buttons and what to say and all that. But unless you're bought into the actual making yourself redundant, it's never going to work. And that's why I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on talking about the mindset of what you've got to have. So things like if you truly believe that you're the best person to do every single job, then this isn't going to work. You have to understand that there are people better than you at certain aspects and the people that could be better than you if you let go and if you help train them up. Also, we have to have something called an emotional anchor. We have to see the bigger picture picture. And this also goes back to the team culture aspect. If you've got a huge vision of where you want to take the business and you buy into it, then it's easier for you to let go of the reins and delegate and cascade that, those actions down to your team so they can perform. Because understandably, you're going to, it's your baby, you start the business, you're going to wrap your arms tight around your particular role and say, I'm not letting go. But as soon as you let go and other people do it, that frees you up to do other stuff. Now, If you just want to sit and watch daytime TV all day, then that's not going to be a very positive impact on the business. But if you want to train, delegate, help them get to the place they need to be, then step back and look at the higher um, income generating tasks, then that's going to produce more income, more revenue, you're going to be able to recruit more people, better people, highly trained people, and then eventually you're going to recruit somebody who's the leader in your business. You need to develop a leadership-centric business. And the rule is you're not the leader. You might own the business. Well, actually, you might lead it for a short period of time, but you need to delegate that leadership to somebody who can take that business on and take it to another level. Because then you have a business. Then you can step back. Then you can say to yourself, I'm going to go to the kids' nativity play. I'm going to go to the kids' parents' evening. I'm going to take the wife or the husband away for a long weekend. I'm going to go watch the cricket, I'm going to watch the rugby, I'm going to have a lazy day, I'm going to go shopping, whatever it is you want to do, whatever floats you boat, you've now got options. It doesn't mean that the business isn't yours. It doesn't mean that you can't get involved should you want to get involved. But what it does mean is you've got options. And that is what we set out in business to have. We didn't set out in business to earn minimum wage, to have chew with the staff and to not have free time to do what we want. The whole purpose of being self-employed is to have the freedom to do what we want, when we want. And by making yourself redundant, you have that freedom. Also, you don't want people like me coming along, trying to acquire your business, and then pointing out that we've got to replace you with another manager. Therefore, the purchase price is going to be a lot less than what you think. You want, when somebody comes in and tries that trick, you can say, it's not me, I'm not involved in the business. I can step out, I only work 10, 15 hours in the business and that can be delegated amongst the current staff. So that is a really good negotiation tactic and sales tactics that if you ever do want to sell and exit the business, then you can maximize the sales price of it. Because I estimate between 95 and 98% of businesses that sell do not sell for the maximum amount and that's due to being not the right time because we never know when the right time is to sell a business. It's normally something happens in a person's private life. God forbid, somebody passes away, divorce, you lose your passion for it. Then all of a sudden, you can't just turn around and say, right, I'm going to prep the business for sale for another two years, three years. You want to get out there and then because it's even more toxic if you're in a business or a place that you don't want to be. So it's best to get out. So that's the mindset part of it. And then I'm going to talk to you guys about how you actually write a procedure, how you train and develop the team, how you audit them, how you review it. And how you give any feedback to that. So those are the the topics that we're going to be covering, and they're super super important. Those are the three, by far the three most important topics that has allowed me to step out of my business and be able to do things like this, and do my podcasts, and write the books and the articles, and run my Facebook group, and coach you guys as well. Because that's what really gets my um, that really motivates me. That's really my passion is helping other agents and helping businesses in general. So shameless plug in this podcast but hopefully you've got enough value out of it that you might want to join the training, which is on Thursday, the 1st of December. It's an all day. If you join, don't worry. It's all recorded as well. If you can't make the date, there's a private Facebook group. If you join and buy a ticket, you'll get directed to the Facebook group. And that's where all the videos are kept. You can ask me any questions anytime you want. Um, And as long as Mark Zuckerberg doesn't shut down the group, all the videos are going to be kept and stored there. So we'll hopefully see you there. It starts at 9.30, finishes at 5. You've got plenty of questions to ask, um, any questions you want. But those three topics are the most important that I feel that you need to understand and implement in your business if you truly want to discover how to have a business and not a job in 2023. So see you next time on Leadership Revealed.